0: Come, Spirit of God, enlighten and enliven us. Lead us into something of your truth this day. Bless my humble words and the reflection of all here gathered, that we may bear fruit, fruit that will last. Amen. When someone is uh, bereaved in our culture, um, you often hear the word closure. You know what I mean? People speak about closure. Um, It's been my experience in my own bereavement and that of many I've counseled that when a loved one or someone really close to us has passed, closure isn't really possible. I, I doubt it ever has been. Hence, we as Christians speak of continuity, we speak of the hope of resurrection and reconnection and eternal life, which is actually the opposite of seeking closure. We're speaking about a continuation that we we take our loved ones with us right to the end and beyond. However, there are times in life when we do need closure, don't we? There are always circumstances in life where we do need closure, we need to be, or we need the freedom to move forward unencumbered, that we may fully embrace what God is calling us to today and tomorrow. If we're in chains about the past, it's, it's like a drudge, it's like being dredged. We'll never really fully embrace. What God is saying to us today, and the gift of this day and tomorrow and beyond. Now, in part, what I'm hoping what I've got to say today will achieve for some people here, including myself and Helen and Liz, is some closure on what's taken place in our parish. So, if you've not been part of that, please bear with me because I think this is still relevant. Some six years ago, our parish here on the peninsula consisted of two ageing congregations, one in Mount Martha and one here. Many members had long-term friendships and they certainly looked out for each other. There's no doubt about that. They had a, a sense of community. But after two years without a vicar, the incumbency committee invited a priest to fill that role. There's only one member of the incumbency committee left and that's Gary. Good. I'm glad you're still here, mate. <laughs> you survived. <laughs> this priest, and we all know that, who that is, but this priest has a passion and a commitment for Christ, his ministry, and above all, his mission. His mission to the community outside of us, make disciples of all nations. I don't hesitate to say, even though she is my wife, she was and is a genuine Christian leader, without question. Unsurprisingly, it wasn't very long before some conflict of interest began to emerge. As it seems to in every human community, to be honest, uh, eventually, There's always conflict, and whether that community is Christian or not, we only have to look at our political groups, our corporate executives, and even our football clubs, especially mine. (laughs) Non-stop conflict. In the background, however, of the conflict at hand, there's this conflict we can see and dealing with. There's always a background, and in the background... We cannot underestimate the current pressures within our culture, which particularly weigh heavily upon the clergy, to some extent, more so than the laity, because of our vocation. Trying to restore the damaged credibility of the church through our um, years of neglect, Negligence and duty of care, and you know what I'm talking about there. The claim of irrelevance in a modern world. The church is seen as a museum of past values and beliefs. However, in addition, there is a growing search for a different way of living among us today in Australia. You've only have, If you've got your, like the dog that was behind us here before with the big ears, if you've got your ears open and your eyes open and you're really tuned in, you'll notice that people, many people are searching for a different way of living, a life of meaning and some authenticity. There are clear signs of fatigue around consumerism, worldly success, dysfunctional family, overexposed sexuality, and a compromised media. They look very tired, I must say. So people are searching, and if we're to maximise the opportunity for the kingdom of God, we must be living every hallmark of the risen Christ in our lives, And we must be connectable for the contemporary world. We must make sense. We must have an appearance that they understand and can join with. Now, in keeping with our gospel passage, some of us gathered here today and others no longer here have been through a perfect storm. I think that's the right term for it. One of those times in life when numerous elements merge and cause a raging turmoil. Now, some, when that happens, some like to blame personalities, especially leaders, but in actual fact, do you know that is really true? The elements of the perfect storm are almost always many, varied and complex. And they're underpinned by an irrepressible movement towards change. And if you don't believe me, phone the Bureau of Meteorology and ask them how long it takes to come up with a weather forecast. Because <laughs> they have all of those elements to deal with. Well, life is like that too. It's a good analogy. We get challenged, we get tossed about, we get bruised we get traumatised and it can take time to heal. We can give up and jump out of the boat only to find that it's even harder to find peace without Jesus at the helm. But the twist, the surprise at the end of the story emerges as two quite simple but arresting questions why are you afraid and have you still no faith why are you afraid and have you still no faith jesus takes the focus off himself and tells the disciples because they're whinging and saying it's your fault he takes the focus off himself and he tells the disciples to analyze their own hearts and minds For it is there that the answers to our distress usually abide. I have had to say to many people in counselling ministry, and I say it to myself at least once a week, your problems are not outside of yourself. Your problems are in here and in here. So stop blaming. So who is this who has the power to calm the storms in our lives. Faith and trust are always born of true and committed love. Love never fails. Love never fails. It's a bit like the young child who knows his parents love him unconditionally he then has the confidence to walk the path that he must, knowing his safety net is always there and will not let him down. What strength that gives us. One of the great joys of being on the mainly music team here on Tuesday mornings is we have carpets here and uh, the mums all sit around the edge and I'm usually just behind them with Magdalene. And, uh, and now with Jan and Liz has some activities up here and the kids are around her but when, because I'm behind the mums when, when the activity's over they run back to mum and they jump into her arms and get a big hug and smile on their face it's a beautiful thing a very beautiful thing do we really grasp just how much God loves us. Do we really know the breadth and depth of his love right down to our bootstraps? Is that true? About 12 years ago, while I was working as a counsellor, carer in the um, haematology wards at the Martyr Hospital in Brisbane, I was there for about nine years, One day we had a perfect storm, the worst day I can remember. We lost five of our long-term patients within a 24-hour period. And they were people that myself and the staff had journeyed with for a number of years and we had come to know and love greatly. In fact, the book that I've just written is dedicated to one of them that day. In addition, I was still traumatised by my own father's. Mm. At that time, I was still traumatised by the passing of my my own father. And at the end of the day, I was wrecked. I was uh, empty. I wasn't even sure I had the energy to drive home safely. So I went down to the chapel to pray. And it was so quiet, incredibly quiet, the contrast to what was happening upstairs. And I fell asleep, and probably for no more than 10 minutes. And when I woke up, I sensed very strongly the Spirit of God speaking to me in the quiet. And I started to write down what I heard in my diary and over the years I have used these words many times in pastoral situations and I want to conclude this morning as long as I can keep together here, uh, with that today these are the words that came to me Fear not, I have called you by name even while you were in the womb I knew you nothing can frustrate my purpose for you though you are but as one of the stars at night i am ever mindful of you your needs and longings are noted wherever you go in my name my left hand will uphold you and my right hand will lead you no matter how far you have fallen my power to forgive is as wide as the ocean and as deep as the sea. I have called you out of darkness into my marvellous light, and I will never forget you. I have carved you on the palm of my hand. You are mine. If all else forget you, I will not. No more than a faithful mother could forget the child at her breast. My plan for you is abundant life both now and unto eternity. You shall never really die, so be not afraid, for it is my Father's pleasure to give you of his kingdom. Come and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the beginning of time. There's a copy of that at the front door if you want to take one home with you today. The Lord be with you.